Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. I want to share a message with you today. It's titled, Miracle is Not Magical. Um, I had this thought that I wanted to share with you. How many of you are fascinated by magic? Growing up as a kid, I had this fascination with magic, as I know many kids do. And there was a short period of my childhood that I actually tried my hand at some uh, magic tricks, being a magician. It really didn't work, though, because I couldn't get them, except for this one trick that I could, uh, I could make a quarter disappear. You know, it was... Uh, and I don't remember how to do it anymore. It, it just, I just remember that I, I, I used to know how. And in my mind, I did it really well. Probably not. Uh, people were just uh, amusing me. Like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but of course, we know uh, as, you know, we learn the laws of physics and as you grow up and, and you become aware that those are illusions. Those are not real. When an adult sees a magic trick, trick he or she calls it a magic trick because we know it's a trick we know there is uh, something happening beyond our line of sight there's something happening beyond our awareness that makes it appear like it's magic but it's not actually magic and that's what makes magic so amusing that's what makes it so interesting to us and that we can we can be amused by it because we know it's a trick we know we're being fooled. That's why it's interesting. Because if it wasn't a trick, if we weren't being fooled, we would be terrified, right? Imagine if you knew someone, if someone could actually make things disappear. What would your reaction be if you knew someone who could actually make things disappear? You might be amused at first, but you'll be very terrified. What would you do? with those powers don't don't answer it <laughs> you know the closest thing to magic that i've experienced in my life the terror of magic i don't know if you've experienced this but waking up in the middle of the night sensing that there's a presence near me it's all dark and and i just have this sense there's somebody in the room and i open my eyes it's one of my children looking at me <laughs> have you ever had that happen to you <laughs> maybe you, you know or somebody just watching over you because in the middle of the night they were woken up and they came to your room and you just the first reaction is 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 jump right and then your brain tells you you know this person it's not a it's not a spirit <laughs> if someone really had the power of magic the power of spells at their disposal we will find that tremendously uh, we will find that we would be at a tremendous disadvantage. But when we, think, when we think about the concept, the idea of magic, because we know nobody has this power, it's actually very amusing. It's interesting. We've done movies about it. There's a lot of entertainment that surrounds this idea of magic. We are attracted to it. Imagine being able to... to have what you wish by simply wiggling your nose right have you watched that bewitched the, the, the lady i can't do it or or do the wink right genie for those of you who are a little bit more of my seniors 
Jeannie was what, 80s, 70s, 60s, 60s, 40s, 20s? <laughs> I just keep going back. <laughs> 60s and 70s. Imagine, steak, blink, you know. You don't have to wrap your Christmas presents. You could just do one of these, and they're all under the tree. That would be amazing, right? You can get rid of all the annoying people during Christmas parties, just like this. <laughs> that would be amazing. Well, none of us can do that. But we have settled for something. We have settled for pressing a button. We have used technology to practice the ultimate idea of magic, which is the, uh, creating a mechanism that can get, get us what we want with little to no effort, little to no responsibility, really, little to no relationship, little to no investment. You want your dishes cleaned? Put it in this box and press this button. You want your laundry done? Put it in this cylinder and press this button. You want to dry the laundry you just washed? Put it in this box and press this button. Don't forget the little sheet, though, so it doesn't get statics. <laughs> There's a machine for that, too. No, there isn't. Those are done by magicians. See, because we don't have magical powers, we have to use technology to produce magical results, at least the idea of it. And much of it is not bad. But for as much as we hear people complain, you come to realize that the average worker in America, the average household in America, we are surrounded by this idea. We have in our homes dishwashers and, and, and washers and dryers and air conditioning and coffee makers and microwave ovens and big flat screen TVs and we have all of these devices and all of those work with the push of a button. The average American can even have their own chauffeur show up at their door by the way of Lyft or Uber or one of those companies that just press a button and you can be driven anywhere you want. It's magical. Those are things that our great-grandparents only dreamed of. Our grandparents and our parents built it, and we're enjoying it. We may not see actual magic in the world today, but we're surrounded by the idea every single day. Press a button, and you get what you wish. And that's why I think that's of high importance for us to understand the nature of Christmas, because people call it a magical time of the year. Now, I understand. When we say magical, we don't mean actually magical. We mean whimsical. We mean amazing. We mean this beautiful, wondrous time. When we say something is magical, we don't really mean the actual word magic, right? We mean that it was pleasant. If you go on a date and, and somebody asks you, how was it? And you answer magical. You don't mean that you went on a date with a magician. That somebody did a magic trick, you know? Oh, it was great. He pulled this queen of hearts out of his back, and it's exactly the card that I had in mind. That's not what we mean by magical. It's a lighthearted expression. But even then, even if we're thinking of thinking as something imaginative or creative or something with levity, levity, there's a distinction that needs to be made that's very important because if we inculcate our minds that Christmas is magical, then we will think that the birth of Jesus was magical, that Jesus' life 
was magical, that the gospel is magical. And if we treat Jesus like another button, we'll have the impression that he needs to do what we want, when we want, the moment we press that button. With no effort, investment, or relationship on our part, because after all, that's what magic is, isn't it? Magic makes things easier with no effort on our part. See, I used to think that if I say the right words, if I pray the right prayers, if I connect the dots just right, if I, if I put the things in the right order, then God would respond to me in the right way, the way that I expected. If I could just get things done the way that they were supposed to be done, like math, everything would line up. But nothing could be further from the truth, the truth because Jesus is not a magician. That's not how the Lord operates. He's a miracle worker. And life with God is not magical because He's a God of miracles. See, when the angel appeared to Mary, angel Gabriel, he appeared to Mary and he said, Mary, you have found favor with God. You have found favor with, favor with God and you shall conceive in the womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And she said, how, how, how would this happen? I have not been married. I've never been with a man. I don't know how this will happen. The angel answered to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overcome, overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Now, did you know that when the angel said, The power of the Most High will overshadow you, that word power in our, in our Bible is the same word in the original for miracle. So the angel was in fact saying, the miracle of the Most High will overshadow, overshadow you. We could say that what the angel was telling her is that the, the miraculous power of God will come upon you and will overshadow you. And that's how Jesus will be conceived. Jesus' Jesus's birth was not magical. It was miraculous. And a miracle, in its essence, is pretty much the opposite to magic. See, if magic happens with little to no effort, investment, or relationship, like a wiggle of the nose or a blink, then a miracle happens by faith in God, and it's ushered in by trust and obedience, and it invites a relationship. That's why Mary found favor. Because Mary had faith in God. Mary was obedient and trusted God. And she knew that saying yes to this call, saying yes to what the angel had invited her to, to, into, meant it was a lifetime commitment. It wasn't a one and done. It wasn't this one moment that she was going to have. It was a commitment for life of relationship with God. I was listening to this conversation between two Christian scholars on this subject, and they were talking about our fascination with using technology to create devices that eliminate our part in it, basically. It eliminates our involvement. It substitutes our involvement for a task or process. And the lesson there is that there's always a trade-off. 
every time we apply the idea of magic to create something, to press a button, there's a trade-off. There's something you gain, but there's also something you lose. And we need to pay attention to the trade-offs in life, the things that we are trading off for. See, I get that much of the technology uh, that we use makes our lives better, and this is not about technology per se. But we need to pay attention to it because if you consider and we, we embrace this mode of thinking that life is supposed to be easier, that, that everything is supposed to get, uh, be done with less effort, it will affect our expectations. It will affect our decision making and how we proceed in life and how we treat even the higher and more important things. Now, I gave you examples early, earlier that are simple examples, right? Uh, dishwashers and microwaves and TVs and dry washer and dryers and you might be thinking JD are you coming for my appliances <laughs> no that's not what this is those things are good they're mostly positive but when I was uh, listening to that conversation it got me thinking about my kids you know I have a we have a four month old and it got me thinking about my wife and and my 11-year-old and my 8-year-olds because we can be surrounded by devices and by elements that cause us to think, maybe I should just press the button. Or maybe I should just take this way. And, and it's, it's really the idea of magic. We have a baby rocker that we were given. It's awesome. My, uh, my, my two other daughters and our eldest also had one of those rockers. You've ever seen one of those? They put the baby in and it, it, it sings for them, the little music, it's great. And there's nature sounds. There's even the, the, white, the white noise that's a thing nowadays, right? Just, and you just, that's all you hear. And the babies are secure and snuggled in, and it's great. They're just in there, you know? And the good thing is that you can put the baby in the, one of those things, and you can go about your life. And you can do other things. And you can accomplish more. And it just hit me. That every time my son is in one of those things, I'm not holding him. He's not with me. I'm not connecting with him. I'm not having time with him. He's not in my arms. So I found, we found, a substitute. And I'm not saying that I should throw it away. I'm just saying that there's a trade-off. And I should pay attention to it. Because if I get my mind thinking, that's how my baby gets rocked every time, and I never hold him again, I never spend time connecting with him again, what kind of pattern will that set up for his later years? What kind of, what kind of pattern am I going to set up as a parent? What kind of relationship am I developing? And so this light came on in my life. And I started thinking about all these other areas where this pernicious idea of pressing a button and having the easy way kind of made his, its way in. What about your life? Are there areas in your life? Maybe it's not a child, but maybe it's a relationship. Maybe, you know, instead of meeting somebody for coffee, you send an email. Or maybe instead of making a phone call to somebody who, who matters, you just send a quick text. Are those... The, is the trade-off worth it? Is it the best way to go about that relationship? Are we creating 
methods and methodologies where we're, we're having a lesser experience in life, a lesser connection in life, because we're investing our time into this idea of making things easier. This applies to so many things. There are so many areas where this idea of magic can steal our connection and intimacy where it's meant to be. Now let's apply this to our relationship with the Lord. What happens when we choose to listen to a podcast, which is still good, listen to somebody else talk about the scripture instead of us engaging with it, reading it ourselves, wrestling with it, discussing it with others, bringing it up to mind, reciting it, praying it. What happens when we, instead of being in rooms like this, where we engage in worship, going to a connect group where we can connect to others and actually be actively engaged in worship, we just decide to listen to music and have a passive participation in the Christian life, which that's an oxymoron because passive participation in Christian life is no participation, right? We're supposed to engage. But it's so easy for us to... to Apply this idea of, I'm just going to press a button and everything is going to happen for me. What happens when we substitute relating to God, seeking the Lord, seeking first the kingdom of God, and we start to wish upon God? We come to God when we have wishes, desires, and things that we want Him to do for us instead of asking Him to change us and transform us. See, when we desire magic, we miss the miracle. And Jesus, Jesus' life, Jesus' ministry was all about bringing in this miraculous power through His ministry and the power of the Holy Spirit into the world. So much so that His life began by His mother being overshadowed or, or, or overcome by the miraculous power of, of, of God. And when he was about to leave the earth, look at what he said, Acts chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has fixed by, fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Does it sound familiar? Jesus is saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit will, will come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See, he came to restore something. The people of Israel were thinking, God, when are you, when are you going to restore the kingdom? When are you going to put us back on top? When are we going to get to, to the place that we're supposed to be? And Jesus said, no. That's the wrong question. My kingdom is not of this world. It's not about these things of the world. My kingdom is about the things of heaven. This is what's about to happen. You will receive miraculous power 
when the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You know, this is the same expression the angel told Mary. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. It'll overcome you. It'll surround you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. Jesus, in fact, was restoring something much more powerful to mankind than the kingdom of Israel um, and what Israel really was expecting. The need was real. You have to understand, their need was real and the, the, they needed freedom from oppression. They wanted their nation back. They wanted validation. They wanted restoration. But Jesus, in essence, is giving them the real solution. He's saying, listen, there's something happening here that's important for you to pay attention. And, and I have to take you somewhere. You know, this is the part of the message where there's a sidebar where I take you, you know, part of the movie. You know in the movies when, like, the main actor just looks to the distance and then the image changes and then it goes to a different time and place. This is the part of the message where we got to go there because it's in this sidebar, the backstory is this. There's, there is, there's a, something that happened in the beginning. In the very beginning, by God's design, God had a design for you and He had a design for me that was, has always been the same. Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 through 18 say this. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Then the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make for him a helper fit for him. I will, I will make him a helper fit for him. See, under God's design, mankind had a purpose. I'm going to put you in the garden, and you're going to care for it. You're going to take care of the world. You're going to take care of everything. Mankind had the opportunity to trust and obey the Lord. Listen, you can have everything in the garden. But here's how you're going to show you trust me. You're not going to eat from the forbidden fruit. It's there for the very purpose of you trusting me. And you're going to have relationship. You're going to have a relationship with others. I'm going to make for you a wife, praise the Lord. And you're going to have a relationship with me. We're going to walk in the garden together. That was God's design. Harmony between God and men. Harmony between men and creation. But what happened? The serpent posed the question. I know you got all those things. I know you got the purpose and you got the God and you got the relationship and you got the trust. And, but do you want to be God? Do you want to be like Him? Here's what you do. Just eat this fruit. Just press this button. And like magic, it's going to happen. No, but God said we will die. No, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. Eat this fruit. That became a new mold of thinking. A new mode of thinking. A new way of living life. That if I just press the button, if I just eat the fruit, my problems will go away. And as we see in the story, it's an illusion. But ever since we've tried this idea to solve our problems, there's got to be an app for that. 
There's got to be an app for that. There's got to be an app to solve my problems, man. There's got to be something that will solve a button to press to get rid of all this stuff, to get rid of my circumstances, to get rid of my problems, to get rid of these things that are oppressing me and pushing against me. There's got to be something. I got to be able to... And if we come to church, if we come to a place like this, with this mentality, I'm just going to go over there and I hope it works. Man, I hope it works. It's the wrong mode of thinking. And for some of you, this is the reason why you gave up on God in the past. This is the reason why you haven't really clicked. Or maybe, you know, you're just now understanding it. Because for you, it didn't make sense. You tried, you tried to do the things. You said the things, and you said the prayers, and you did the things, you know, and you, you, you confessed, and you did, you did everything, but it didn't work. The magic wasn't there. It didn't work like magic. God didn't magically remove the pain or the suffering and evil. Friends, this is why Christmas matters. That's why it's important for us to understand what we're celebrating. Jesus was not born on a magical night to a world that had lost its magic. Jesus was born miraculously to bring salvation into a world that was against their better judgment, lost in sin. And this continues to be the truth. He didn't come to impress us with wondrous acts. He came to save our soul. To save us from sin. And He came to restore us to the life God designed for us. So many of us, we, we want Jesus to come and remove the things, right? And we're still praying the same prayer that the Israelites asked Jesus at the Mount of Olives. God, can you remove this guy from power and put our guy there? God can, you just, God, can you just restore, you know, whatever Christian government thing in my company? And, and Jesus' answer is always the same. Hey, you, you're asking the wrong question. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses thinking it backwards. I'm not here to abracadabra you. I'm here to save your soul and to have a relationship with you. This answer is always the same. You will be my witnesses and that's his plan for you. His plan for you is for you to have what he has. That's what being a witness is. Hey, I've been there I, I, and this is, this is the life I, I lead now. I once was lost and now I'm found. I was once was blind, now I see. I was weak, now I'm not. I was addicted, now I'm free. I was angry, now I'm, I have peace. I was hopeless, now I have hope. I couldn't see the future, now I have faith. You will have life to the fullest, not by magic, but by faith. By trusting and obeying the Lord. And by having a relationship with your heavenly Father. That's the invitation today.
that we may receive the life of the Spirit that has been made available to us. And all of this began in an unsuspecting way when nobody, nobody really was expecting it. There was one young woman on a silent night trusting the Lord with an open heart who was visited by an angel who told it was about to happen. And she trusted God. And she obeyed. And she said yes to the call of God. And she stayed true to it until Jesus' ministry was revealed. And here we are today. And that's why The, mir the miraculous birth of, birth of Jesus was not done by magic, and that's why Christmas is not magical. Christmas is a miracle. Do you receive it this morning? Amen. 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 Would you mind standing one more time? Worship team can come back. I want to pray for you. Listen, next time we we see each other. It'll be a new year. And um, I hope you look back on 2022 not depressed, not dis disappointed. You know, maybe you've had things that didn't quite pan out, right? I saw this, uh, somebody sent me this little meme where a person was just scratching their 2022 resolutions and changing it to, you know, more down-to-earth things. Like read 10 books to just scratch the 10 books and just read. <laughs> no. uh, I can't remember the others, but it was all to that tone. I want you to just aim for the, aim for the stars in 2023. Set goals of faith. We're going to start a series on faith. And I believe we need to break through this, this mentality of, ah, it's all right, you know. I'm just going to get a little bit better. No, God wants us to break through the ceilings and, and, you know, just advance and grow. Let's have faith. And so, end the year with gratitude. Look back and maybe not everything went your way, but look at you. It's another year and you were victorious and God brought you this far and you're healthy and you're alive. And you have a future ahead of you. And I can tell you that the days ahead of you are better than the days that are behind you because God is with you and you're going to grow. You're going to grow in the name of Jesus. So enter the new year full of faith. Write your resolutions. Set your goals. It's important. You know, however you want to word it. Right? Goals, resolutions. It's all the same thing. We have an aim. Pray to God and ask Him to. Reveal to you His will. And we believe 2023 is going to be a year where God is going to pour of His grace, understanding, wisdom, and we're going to grow together as a community. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information on Connect Community, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.